Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello, well, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing the breathing self. Now, I recognize that sort of what I do is I simplify mind body work for people, getting to know ourselves by getting out of the mind and into the body. It's a happy little catchphrase, but there's a lot of nuance about how we do that because our society teaches us to ignore a lot of the connection between our mind, our body, and our spirit. Getting to know ourselves in this way, this is in large part where I believe healing and growth happens. I want to do this today by asking you to consider your relationship with your mind, your body, and your spirit. It is our birthright as human beings to get to know, love, take care of ourselves over this experience that we call life. We are minds and we are bodies And we are spirits full of complexity. And this is part of the fun. It's part of the interest. It's part of the intrigue of being a human being. We can learn how to allow this unfolding that is a collaboration with the universe. And each of our individualized free choices that we make day in and day out. This is what creates our one precious life. As Mary Oliver has said, if you know her work, in my own life, I have had more ease, more simplicity, more peace, more joy in letting go of control and allowing myself to let go of the control that I never, ever had in the first place and was never, ever going to have so that I could allow the unfolding. And that's part of what allows it to be a little bit more fun and easy, lighter than heavier and have to and must and should. In terms of mind, the mind, it's the thinker. It's the knower. When it's calm and centered, it's the beer. It just is. The mind thinks things that help us 
and it thinks things that hurt us. The mind doesn't really evaluate that so well without a lot of practice and direction. It just thinks the things that it thinks. It processes. It is a program that runs to observe and to make stories out of its observations. It's often driven by fear, sometimes by darkness. The mind is different than the brain. The brain is part of the body. It's the physical structure. We can show you what a brain is. We can study it. We can cut into them in a cadaver lab. But nobody can show you the mind. It is the idea. We think that the mind is attached to the brain and the head. But who's ever proven that? Do we know that for sure? Where does our mind start and stop? And where does our brain start and stop? In terms of body, our bodies are the physical houses. My body is my physical house. For my mind, my spirit, all of our bodies are made up of various organic matter. Like blood and veins and nerves and muscles, the fascia, the skeleton, the organs, the skin. The body is the holder. As we say, just like the very famous book title, the body keeps the score. The body somehow holds on to the emotional matter of our experiences. Interestingly, each of our bodies somehow stays very much the same day to day and yet very different day to day. Our 20-year-old self is very similar and very different to the 30-year-old self and then the 40-year-old self and the 50 and the 60 and so on. The body is electrical. It is mechanical. It is alive. It has wants and it has aversions, but different than the mind thinks through its wants and its aversions. The body has its own divine intelligence. It doesn't need to think the thought that something is hot Therefore, I don't want to touch it. It senses heat or fire and senses that it would damage the tissues of this physical form, the body. Our bodies are capable of so much. Any Olympian can come to mind and prove that. And our bodies are capable of so little. One trip, one slip, a hip can break, a neck can break. Our bodies are with us every step of the way. From the moment we're born and we're held, that is our body. Every step we take, every breath we breathe, every success, tying our shoes, learning to ride a bike, learning to hold a pencil and form the letters of our name, our body has been and will be with us every single moment of our lives. In terms of spirit, I can't say for sure. And I am very wary and cautious about anyone who talks about such esoteric things as something like our spirit and is very definitive. Because for me, the spirit that is in me that I believe is in all of you, I can't say it for sure, but I believe it's our essence. It's that very special stuff We can't quite put our finger on it. 
We can't put our bodily finger on it, can we? And we can't quite put the mind's eye, our imagination, on exactly what it is. We can only imagine. We can only expand. We can only wonder. What if the spirit is the part of the fabric of what connects us energetically to each other now, to our ancestors, and to all future human beings? This is the spiritual connection. I think of the spirit as that little twinkle in someone's or a creature's eye. Maybe our spirits or our souls are developed at different levels, or maybe we are young, maybe we are old in spirit, having learned different things along the journey. We have phrases like some children are born old souls. We say that so commonly that we don't even realize that that's a commentary on spirit. What is that essence if not something spiritual? Our spirit is that special magic of the creator or of the creating energy that created us all, that created everything. It is inside a part of all living things, that spark. The spirit holds our consciousness. We can't put a bodily finger on our consciousness. I can't tell you where my consciousness is right now. It's all around me. It is me. Our spirit holds potentially our emotions, our insight. Insight is that ability to see within, to make connection. We know as therapists that we cannot teach insight to people. They either have it or they don't. What is that if not something spiritual? It can be said that our awareness, our understanding, even our reasoning And my addition to this list is wonder. For me in my life, before I even knew that I had a spiritual connection or that I needed to foster a healthy spiritual connection and allow a spiritual connection as part of my mental health care, even as part of my bodily care, was my sense of wonder. That special essence that makes a toddler sit down and witness the worm crossing the sidewalk. And yes, even today, if I see that kind of moment with a child, that is a spiritual moment for me. I live connected, looking for that connection, being that connection to the best of my ability. And the older I get, the more spiritual connection that I want, not less. This is the magical recipe that makes each of us similar and different. Connected even when we are apart. Connected even through our loneliness. Connected to people now, past, and future. Now, when I talk about such things, I, Nikki, am not describing what is right. There is not one right for something like putting words to describe our spirit, energy, even our psychology. I want you to know strongly that it is your birthright to get to know these parts, how they chat, how they jive, how they inform each other, how they learn, how they challenge each other, because this is maybe the stuff of what makes up who we really are. I think we learn best 
when we hear someone else share their own unique ways, because we can gauge how we might be similar or different. So if you process something like spirit very differently than I do, high five, good for you. We're all adding our own experience to this rich fabric of this human connection. I want to take a breath with you to get to better know these different parts, how they're separate, how they're different, where they overlap, where they inform each other. I appreciate lots of very specific breathing techniques, and I practice some, but very often in my career, I've had someone come to me after going to a breathing workshop or a breath class and sat very earnestly and honestly asking me if they could hurt themselves by breathing or doing a technique wrong or if they could even die by doing something weird to their breath just by trying to breathe some kind of exercise. When I say it is your birthright to get to know this system that is yours, Whenever anybody asks me that question, it makes me a little sad because what it means to me is, oh my goodness, something happened. Either this person gave their power away to this teacher or this teacher participated in trying to take too much power in that exchange. Trust your body. Get to learn your body so you can trust it. Just like with human beings, we can't ignore each other and then all of a sudden have deep trust for each other. We can't go years and years, decades, or a lifetime ignoring our body or punishing our bodies and have a deep trust with it. Trust happens as we get to know, as we show up with integrity, with honesty, with curiosity, with care, and even with laughter and lightness. That's really how we grow a relationship with other people and with ourselves. And we count, we matter. We get to work on this relationship with ourselves. And when we do, we get to be better at how we relate to other people out into the world. That's what makes this good work. Not selfish work in the pathological, kind of low vibe, nasty, dark, shaming selfishness way that that word is used. But when I am ish about myself, when I am self-ish, I am restored, I am rejuvenated, I feel whole. I can walk forth into the world and be of service more so, not less. That's what makes this good work. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. So I invite you to breathe together with me and each other in this moment. 
Let's take a natural breath. Just breathe. Not too full, not too shallow. Like Goldilocks, just right. Just a nice, easy, but full breath. Now notice your body's response to this breath. It's likely that each of us will feel a little difference in the breath, especially if if we haven't paid attention to breathing in our lives yet. We may feel that the in-breath is easier than the out-breath or vice versa, that the out-breath has an ease that the in-breath just doesn't have. We might feel a little speed bump, a little hitch in the giddy-up, a little catching on either the in at the top of the breath, the mid, or the bottom of the breath, or the same for the exhale. We can feel a hitch, a speed bump, something catching on the exhale, the beginning, the middle, or the end. What that does is it shows you something about yourself. And you can work to breathe to smooth out that speed bump, to breathe with more ease, more fluidity, more flow. Your body may have learned to catch itself there, To hold something, especially if you've experienced a lot of trauma, a lot of fear, a lot of continued tension, especially when you were developing, your breath may get stuck in spots. Lots of you go to therapy and try to talk through all the things and continue to talk and talk and talk and talk about all the things. And talking about the things is therapeutic to a point. And it's not everything. Your body may be asking you in this way to help it with its process, to teach it that things are safer now, that you are in charge, and that the breaths are allowed to be smoother. Another way for me to say this is helping the breath learn thriving mode instead of survival mode. When we are surviving, our breath is high up in the chest. It's shallow. It's fast. When we are thriving, When we are calm, when we are safe, it's slower, it's deeper, it's fuller, it has an ease, it has a lusciousness. Let's take another breath together. Three, two, one. Inhaling through the nose fully and exhaling through the nose. When you take a big, deep, full in-breath, your body moves in every direction in the same moment. Because you expand from center, north, south, east, west, in every direction in between, that breath sends your body in every direction all at once. Now, for me, that is a wondrous idea. It is a wondrous observation. And in that moment, I go from having wonder about the body, paying attention to this body, stretching this body, working with this body, relating to this body to my spiritual connection of wonder that I can go in every direction all at once with this physical body. What does that feel like? Now let's take another breath and this time let's pay attention to the mind. So hello mind, you thinker, you overthinker, you sometimes perfectionist. I'm engaging you right now. I want to know your thoughts about this breath that Nikki's cueing us to take. Let's do it. Three, two, one, take a breath. Now, what does your mind think about that breath? Does your mind get hopeful and curious, wondering, bringing a lightness, an ease, a sparkle in the eye quality? 
Or is it critical? Doubting. What is the point of this? Everybody breathes. What is the point of paying attention to this? What a waste of time. Is it critical to me guiding you into a breath? Blaming, shaming outwardly. Or does the mind judge you, pointing, blaming, and shaming inwardly? God, you can't even do a breath. This is the simplest thing. You've been doing it since the first moment you got here and were born. You have to pay attention to a breath? Are you that stupid? What does the mind say? The mind has an easier time tapping into fear, tapping into the critical. Some of that was because of how early humanity was most often, if not always, a survivorship, which meant that the beings that we descend from were in a constant state of survival mode. What kind of mode would you like to invite your mind into right now? Because your consciousness, whether that is from the mind or from the body that wants to be able to take a breath or from spirit that I believe is rooting for you with lightness and ease, can you take a breath through that energy? Three, two, one. Oh, isn't it nice to take an easy breath that I can do this at any moment? I can do it without thinking. I can do it with thinking. Yes to breathing. The more that we guide our minds into being more positive, more helpful, more secure, less doubtful, less critical, the more that we own and change this experience to a more light-filled one. And I don't know about you, but that's what I've wanted. And if you want that too, it is a practicing distance away. No matter what is happening external in this chaotic life, that's always going to have some demands for us, always going to have some obligations, always going to go against our expectations and our best laid plans. How can we cultivate what we want our mind to hold on to, what we want this body to hold on to? How can we let go in mind, let go in body? Let's take a breath focusing on spirit. Three, two, one. Take a breath in through the nose and out through the nose. I wonder how many people are taking a breath together right now. Notice how wondrous it is that your body and mind come together in a breath. That you were breathing now and everyone who ever came before you, every single ancestor, everyone in the human tribe, all of them, took so many breaths and all of the humans who will ever come will take so many breaths and we are connected to them in this way. Isn't that amazing? In this moment, this very second, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, every other human being is also breathing too. Every other human being that's alive is breathing right now too, right there with us. Take a deep breath. What if we could feel connected to that more genuinely, more moment to moment, more a part of the tribe? Sometimes our pain and our hurt, our struggles in childhood, especially if we were in a constant survival mode or an almost constant survival mode. If we didn't know safety, sometimes we learn how to be hyper-independent, that we can do everything ourselves. Often it is from that energy that someone decides to be agnostic, to not believe in anything, 
that that somehow feels safer, feels more right. My challenge to that is that, is there anything possibly negative that can come out of us feeling connected in this way that we all breathe? I like that connected feeling. It makes me feel unalone. Humans since the beginning of time have practiced different forms of faith. Belief has been necessary to get us through hard times. We have needed to find things to believe in. That's part of why cult dynamics, mentalities, and ideologies are really fairly easy for people to fall into and always have, and likely always will, though they will change form as time and modern life evolves. The more that we get to know ourselves, the more that we don't throw ourselves out the window. Now, what do I mean by that? Highly sensitive people, survivors of childhood trauma, we really are a tribe that gets manipulated a lot. We have big feelings. We have big intensity. We have big hearts. We're passionate people. If we don't know ourselves really well, it's hard to stay rooted in who we are, grounded, solid for ourselves. There's a fine line between allowing ourselves to saddle up to somebody with a bit of wonder, maybe even a bit of awe. I know I like to learn from people that something about them has impressed me, but it's a fine line between walking up to someone and allowing them to be a teacher while you stay grounded and rooted in who you are versus giving your power to them and saying, you know better than I do how I should be me. You tell me. The more that we get to know ourselves, the more we are no longer susceptible to master manipulation, to cult-like mentality, and the more trust that we develop with our inner child and our grown-up adult wise woman or wise man self because she or he needs to see that we are staying rooted to us. That is also part of what shows our inner psyche that we have worth. I don't believe any of us suspect that anybody joins a cult while they feel so freaking worthy. We join cults in the human race because our worth is empty. It feels damaged. We don't know it. Getting to know ourselves as we grow, as we expand, as we grow into who we were always meant to be and who we will become that we never could have imagined, there's endless complexity to that process. And I hope there's something about this episode that helps me make the point or show you that despite the complexity, there is a wisdom to allowing ourselves simplicity so that we can get to know then let go of what no longer serves us and hold on to what will serve and not just hold us, but lift us up. We are a complex being. So much is cooperating together inside of us every single day internally. And then we coordinate our lives with the organized chaos of the universe. To have more security, we get to know these parts and the more we take care of those parts, the more those parts really take care of us. With this episode and all, please take what works for you and leave the rest. If you resonate with the way that I talk about things, the, the nuance that I bring, the things that I shine light on, 
then it's a good bet that you're a good fit for the boundaries course 2022. This is my seventh year teaching it. I've taught it every October. I look forward to it all year. If you resonate with me, go to emotionalbadass.com backslash boundaries to learn more and to sign up. If you're interested in being able to see what I can show you with my body language, then you might be interested in coming to patreon.com backslash emotional badass and signing up at the $10 level to get access to every single live stream topic where you can see me in video, not just in word over this microphone, but in video. At the $5 level on Patreon, you get instant access to every single exclusive episode that we have there. I believe it's around 40 that you can't find anywhere else. Part of why I do the podcast, why I wanted to do it for years before I actually did it, was because I know that we have to marinate ourselves in these concepts. There's so much nuance to growing, letting go of what no longer serves us, and finding what does. So each episode gives me an opportunity to give you some little nugget that I have seen be of huge importance to my life and to the people that have chosen to work with me as a therapist and coach over the years. So if you're interested in doing more with me, it is a good idea to come sign up at Patreon where we give the biggest discount code to the Boundaries course. Patreon.com backslash emotional badass or emotionalbadass.com to learn more about anything that we offer. Light and love for mind, body, and spirit. I'm an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Light and love, and I will see you right here next time with a brand new episode. Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.